What's up, Internet? I missed Avatar when it first came out, but I've seen it now. We're catching up on pop culture because this is Catching Up Claris. That is right. Welcome back to not back this is the first episode of a new thing this is brand new oh my gosh oh my god we're doing something new but we're talking about something old uh yep yeah which will be pretty much the entire premise of this show i mean it, it is the entire premise of the show yeah you haven't seen anything mm-hmm. and i'm frustrated so i'm building <laughs> a reason for us to force you to watch things that I, think, I like i think like you and the rest of the world that's like, true every time i'm on the morning show i'm like oh i haven't seen that and at least one person in the chat probably leaves I mean, yeah, we we would actually be the largest show on Twitch if you had just not ruined our community by forcing right. everyone out. Yeah, that's my bad. Sorry. It, it really is. It really is. I mean, if you had just seen Die Hard. Yeah, because that's what our li- our community lives and dies on. I mean, look, it's a great movie. If you say so. I know, but we've also missed the Christmas window to watch it. So like, we might have to wait till no. next year. That might be that might be our December episode. No, it's still Christmas until the first. All right. So we can watch Die Hard we could we definitely don't have time for that <laughs> y'all the premise of the show is that my darling wife clarus Dracarus, has not seen anything i've seen everything and so i'm gonna re-watch things with her she's gonna see them for the first time and then we're gonna do a podcast about it because you know we we need to make more content yeah that that's what we need to be doing that's, that's <laughs> what the nerdy nightly needs uh it's gonna be twice a month bi-weekly mm-hmm and it is going to be one television thing, usually one season of television show. In this case, we're doing all three seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. the Nickelodeon show. And the other time will be a movie that you haven't seen. Yeah. And we don't know what the movie's going to be, but we'll reveal that at a later date. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to um, watch that movie along with us, we that will be um, with our patrons every third Saturday of, uh, every, of the month. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Uh, every third Saturday of the month, we do the movie night. It is a good time in our Discord, and we hope that you'll consider joining the Patreon because they are truly the reason that we're able to continue doing this. Mm-hmm. They keep the lights on in ways that we will never reveal publicly, <laughs> um, but mostly through like bills and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing weird about that. But with uh, with that out of the way, not out of the way, but you know, we got it. We got to give credit where credit's due to the patrons. Absolutely. This is avatar the last airbender after the last airbender was a show that aired on nickelodeon from 2005 to 2008 three seasons over the course of those years it follows the story of the avatar ang a young air nomad who was destined from a very young age to wield the ability to bend all four elements Mm -hmm. this takes place in a world where Bending is sort of a cultural magic that exists in the mm-hmm. four different societies. There is earth bending, there is fire bending, there is water bending, and of course, air bending. And one person uh, from this culture of cultures yeah. is able to bend all four. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the show kind of makes it seem like it's the whole planet. Yeah. It's just these islands. Yeah, there's no one really outside of that. That is their whole world. Because there's the Northern Water Tribe and the Southern Water Tribe. Yes. So, yes, among the people of this version of Earth, these are the four cultures. Mm -hmm. And within those cultures, certain people can bend. And the bending is super cool. And Mm -hmm. just to start off with, I get why people love it. 
Oh, for sure. It's so fun. And, I, I, you know, the premise of it is very cool. Like, it's been explained to me several times because I have so many friends who just absolutely adore this show. Um, they love it. And, you know, they. I've been being told to watch this show for a very long time. And every time it's explained to me, I'm always like, yeah, that sounds dope. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get behind that. <clears throat> um, I think that you and I both came to the show late because mm-hmm. we saw the movie which um, M. Night Shyamalan adapted from this show. Yeah. And we both never saw the show because of the movie. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. And so uh, in future episodes of Catch Up, Clarice, I will have seen whatever it is and Clarice will have not. <laughs> but in this episode, this was we both did come to this together fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is this is a podcast from two people who have never seen a thing. Yes. Talking about the thing that they finally saw. <laughs> and it's it's this one's tough for me because... Uh, first of all, we should say this is going to be a full spoiler podcast. We're not going to worry about not spoiling something. Mm-hmm. Avatar has been out. Uh, the final episode aired 12, over 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to feel comfortable saying whatever about everything. Yeah. If you haven't seen Avatar and you're worried about it being spoiled now, we totally understand. This just might not be the podcast episode to listen to until you've gone and done that. It's all on Netflix, you dummy. Yeah, get on that. Go watch it. <laughs> Um, but it, it was tough to come at this as a fresh viewer because there are people who are so careful with their love of this franchise. Mm-hmm. It is a beloved entity mm-hmm. for people. And having been to Comic-Cons for the last, you know, more than a decade now, yeah. seeing the fervor of this community, mm-hmm. uh, this fandom is, is, it's really strong. It's a strong fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're very passionate. Yes. And the hype that I came into the show with was very high coming off of kind of especially lately with like Avatar TikTok. I've, mm-hmm. I found myself into the like Avatar TikTok a few times. I've been like, oh, right. this this is cool. Like this community is dope. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like the show might have benefited in my eyes a little bit from me not having as high expectations. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like to I think to start this off, we should say that you know we both enjoyed the show. Uh, yeah, I really it, liked it. We thought it was good, you know. Um, and I, I, I understand why people love it, but it was definitely hyped up to us both a lot. Um, and I, I can't say that I have that same kind of passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's it's not a perfect show, mm-hmm. um, but I still think that they did a really awesome job, um, and they put out something there that you, that's I, I would say worth watching. Yeah, I, I think that I expected the show to be more adult. Yeah, and I think that the big I don't want to say letdown, but disappointment for me was in that it wasn't, in my opinion, very adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bit more childish than I wanted it to be. Yeah, for a significant portion of it um particularly just around the way that it handled big ideas at times mm-hmm. um I, I think a good place to start with with the show would be to talk about the characters mm-hmm. for us and the characters in the show are all really excellent yes but they all have like very small-minded ideas about how to how the world works yes you well because they're they are <clears> children <throat> well but even even the adults mm-hmm. like the the con um, you know you and i have talked about this but like the concept of the show is that ang has been frozen in ice for a hundred years mm-hmm. and he's been unfrozen to a world where the fire nation the most aggressive of the four nations has gone on the war path mm-hmm. and they have taken over most of the planet and mm-hmm. the war is sort of in its final days 
The Fire Nation is at the doorstep of um, the final bastion of the Earth Kingdom. Mm -hmm. They have plans to wipe out the Water Tribe. Um, They have already wiped out the Ornomads. And so the the Fire Nation has sort of won this war. And there is this, this idea in the show that Aang, the Avatar, has to defeat the Fire Lord Ozai. And if he does that, the war will end. Yeah. And... As, as an idea for a show, it never made sense to me. Yeah. And so the whole show for me, every time they would bring that up, I, I, I would like have that little twinge inside where I'd be like, well, no, that's not that's not realistic. Yeah, that's not how this works. Th- that, that's not how real life works. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, this isn't Star Wars, right? The Fire Lord Ozai is not the single dark wielder of the force mm-hmm. who needs to be dispatched for the dark side of the force to be brought to its knees yeah fire the fire nation is a country of people who are you know it's it's sort of the idea that like all you had to do to end world war ii was kill hitler yeah and that's just not true mm-hmm. like there the idea of the nazi party was you know and i i I don't want to call them the Nazis, but they kind of are. You know what I mean? Like, the, I think the mm-hmm. show puts them as that. Um, well, yeah, in a sense, because the, the you know, they're brainwashing basically the Fire Nation children to believe that, you know, the Fire Nation is the best nation mm-hmm. and that they are trying to make the world a better place by yeah. conquering. Yeah, the, the show pitches them as the Nazis, yeah. essentially. And everyone else is the allies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of shows do this. Mm-hmm. But the the central idea that they keep harping on, that like all that has to happen is Aang has to defeat the Fire Lord mm-hmm. and this will all end, it just never worked for me. Yeah. And even the way that it happened in the show at the end of the day didn't work for me. I know that's jumping all the way to the end. Yeah. But like the, this, the, the, the like big plot moment mm-hmm. that everything was sort of based on. Yeah. And I've said before that I think, you know, um, because this is a kid's show, I think that um, to make it more for kids, you kind of have to give a simplified idea of how things are going to wrap up. You know, you need a straightforward goal or like, the you know, kids have definitely shorter attention spans, mm-hmm. you know, and so if they can't really see where it's going... I could see them losing interest. And I think that like having this like very clear, straightforward kind of goal um, it, it would would help to curb that. And, and so I think that's why they did it. But yeah, we as adults watching it know that in real life, that's not quite how it works. Um, so, you know, I appreciate what they tried to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so we have Aang, who is the Avatar, mm-hmm. who... Um, is 10... Ish. 10, 10 to 12 10, i think 12 maybe i yeah it's, it's wild to unclear. me that this whole show takes place over a summer yeah yeah, yeah. it's wild it's very quick yeah it moves fast um and then the your other two main characters in the first episode are uh saka and katara mm-hmm. um who are from the southern water tribe who are misty and brock y- yes <laughs> Did you not expect me to bring this up? No, I forgot. Avatar The Last Airbender is Pokemon. Changed my mind. I mean, like... Aang is Ash. Mm-hmm. Katara is the water type Misty. Mm-hmm. And Sokka is the horny Brock. They are, They literally lift... The main characters of this show are lifted from the pages of the scripts of the original Pokemon series. All right, so who's, who's Toph then? 
I mean, tough could be a lot of people <laughs> by that point in the show. But like the the, yeah. the original, the their dynamic, the the original three's dynamic mm-hmm. is Pokemon. Yeah, it's down to they even have cute animals. Down, they have cute animals. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Appa is a Snorlax. Um, <laughs> Momo literally rides on Ang's shoulders like Pikachu. Like That's this true, yeah. this show from uh, from their relationships to each other. St- not steals, but like is clearly Influenced. heavily influenced by the Pokemon <laughs> anime in yeah. ways that I find to be just hilarious. Yeah. Like Sokka literally is the one who cooks and he fishes and he is horny for literally every woman they meet and he's yeah. sexually inappropriate in ways that I'm like, why is this in a kid's show? Yeah. Um, Like he dresses up as a woman to hit on women at one point very early on in the series. And I was like, yeah. this is Pokemon. Yeah. Like this is... I know because I watched this show as a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just that the humans have the powers instead of the animals. Like it, it yeah. was, it was really wild to me how closely hued, and even like the way that they have Team Rocket chasing the the three of them. Yeah. Is also very. It's it's just like the the dynamic of the show. I was like, oh, this is Pokemon. I get this world now. Yeah. Because like I already know the relationships between these three people. Yeah. But yeah. Sak and Katara are two. They're brother and sister. And they are from the um, Southern Water Tribe, mm-hmm. which is why they're out on a little boat mm-hmm. in the Antarctic of this world, if they call it the Antarctic. <laughs> and they stumble upon a giant ice sphere Yep. that no one had ever noticed before. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever seen it. And How inside convenient. is the Avatar, who's been there for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unveiling of the Avatar shoots a sky beam into the sky. <laughs> And that draws the attention of my favorite character and the other lead character of the show, who's (laughs) not as good as my favorite character, Prince Zuko, Mm -hmm. and my favorite... I want to call him daddy, but he's not daddy. He's uncle. But he's kind of daddy. Especially after, like, he works out later in the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, But Uncle Iro. Yeah. He's great. Definitely one of my favorite characters. Him and Toph, for Mm -hmm. sure, are the two. Um... Um, but yeah, so so they are both Fire Nation. Um, uh, Prince Zuko has been thrown out of the Fire Nation. Banished. Yeah, banished by his father. Um, the Fire Lord Ozai. The Fire Lord Ozai, yes. Yeah. And so he is trying to hunt down the Avatar because he believes that that will get him back in his father's good graces. And it would. like he. Yeah. I, I think he knows that if he could catch the Avatar, he would be yeah. restored. Yeah, that would be a pretty big deal. Um, and in, in, we're talking spoilers, so we can say it. Like, mm. it, it does happen. Like, when he helps Azula kill the the Avatar, mm-hmm. he is restored as the crown prince. Yeah. Um, and we'll get... We'll, we'll talk about the plot of that later and how we both felt <laughs> about it. But, um, you know, he, he's, on a, he's on a quest, not just like he thinks he, he, he... There's a difference to me between a character being on a quest where they're like... I believe that there is a very good chance, so it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And being on a quest where they're like, this is the thing I have to do because I know that it will solve my problem. Mm-hmm. And Zuko is on the second one. Mm-hmm. And it it informs a lot of the, his decision making throughout the show. For sure. And I think that when you come to who is interesting as far as the decisions they make, Zuko is probably the most interesting character. Mm-hmm. Because he has the most difficulty thrown at him. Totally. Our, our lead characters are not given a lot of choice in the show yeah and the show to me sometimes 
gets a little um, weighed down by the fact that the three of them have to stay in motion so much yeah. to the point that they don't develop as characters for significant chunks of the show because they're not really given an opportunity to like slow down and figure themselves out. Mm -hmm. They just have to keep moving. Mm -hmm. And while that, 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 like there are seasons of television that do that that's interesting, I was kind of hoping that there would be points in the show where it slowed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And other than the section in Ba Sing Se, which I think is the most interesting part of the whole show to me, um, in, uh, you know, the back half of season two, Mm -hmm. the... The perpetual Deathly Hollows of this plot. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this show, the, the, a lot of this show takes place in the, the Deathly Hollows section of Harry Potter where they're, yeah. you know, they already know that Voldemort's out there. Like, it literally is like that chunk of that book, but mm-hmm. for three seasons of TV. Yeah. That being said, though, I definitely think that, um, I definitely think that, especially be, for being a kid's show, um, m- most of, or if not all of the main characters did grow and have interesting arcs um throughout the whole series mm-hmm. you know um some more interesting than others for sure but i uh you know it the, the characters never felt stagnant for too long there were chunks yeah where i'd be like okay but then they would have some like kind of like rapid growth like then they would have an episode where mm-hmm. they changed a little bit which is i found very interesting um but it was never it was never too drawn out. Like there, like you said, there are chunks where they they have to just keep go go go, and um, yeah, some of at some of those points it does feel a little stagnant in terms of character development. But then there's always something to kind of uh, ramp it up, in a sense. Well, what were what? But so we've we've already said like Toph, obviously we mm-hmm. both loved so much. Mm-hmm. Um. Eero, we should we should point out that we both did feel slightly uncomfortable when we found out that most of these characters were voiced by white people. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's it's sort of a weird thing to bring up, but at the same time, it is a part of the show that mm-hmm. it is very very, at the very least, inspired by something Asian by Asian culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it 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 is almost entirely voiced by white people, other than yeah. a few characters. Yeah. Um, and. I it, honestly it wouldn't be made that way today. Like there's no, n- no way the same show gets made with this cast now. No, no, no. Um yeah, it's definitely something that I think we have to just acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Um it is kind of a product of its time, so 100%. You know, it is it is what it is, but yeah, I think if it was made today it would be done a little differently. <laughs> well, and and it exists as it is. Like there's mm-hmm. you're, there, there's no way to change. There's no way to pull like a big mouth and have these characters voiced by different characters next season it's yeah the the last season's 12 years old there's there's no way anything's happening with that oh god yeah but what are the what are the characters that like really worked for you and what are some that didn't so Toph you know what mine is yeah Toph and Iro are um my two favorites Mm -hmm. for sure um through the season um I mean um Iro is is just so delightful yeah, <laughs> like at all times um and it's funny because you know he is kind of in a he's not the authority figure with zuko because technically like zuko is in command but mm-hmm. in a sense Iro is actually because Iro doesn't really do stuff he doesn't really want to do or if he does he lets it play out like the, evi- so- the the episode with the hot tub 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say I would say that Iro is really guiding Zuko's like moral journey, mm-hmm. and what I really love about their relationship because theirs is my favorite relationship in the show by yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that my favorite part about it is that Iro brings a a kind of parenting that I really respect from people who are able to pull it off with teenagers yeah. where they allow, uh, where, where they're present, but they're not like directional. Yeah. It's about like letting you make your own mistakes mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to steer you away from like, um, and, and yeah. I think that Eero, like there, there's a definitely a point where Eero realizes that he's almost lost Zuko and mm-hmm. and he I think he believes that he did like I think that yeah. he believes he failed mm-hmm. um but I think that if Iro had pushed Zuko more to be a certain way mm-hmm. he would have lost him a lot earlier and he wouldn't yeah. have been able to you know get his claws in the way that he kind of did yeah um I you know what another character uh, another Fire Nation character I really want to call out for mm-hmm. just being excellent is Azula yeah Zuko's sister the princess of the Fire Nation mm-hmm. is the best villain on the show mm-hmm as great as Mark Hamill is at voicing Fire Lord Ozai, <laughs> his presence is not very direct on the show. Like, he's yeah. not in very much. No. He doesn't appear until very late. Mm-hmm. And he he gets kind of one action sequence mm-hmm. in the final fight. But you don't really see him do all that much. Yeah. Whereas Azula is the presence of the Fire Nation for a lot of the show. And, and, yeah. and the fear on the show is really just she's frightening. Yes, I would be terrified of her. Mm-hmm. Like she is, she is very powerful and and manipulative, mm-hmm. um, in a way that like is kind of chilling. I loved the dynamic of like Regina George and her two friends as like yeah. the mean girls who are crazy evil. Yes, to yes. a point. Yeah, and uh, honestly, the one the, the the part that kind of loses me is honestly the two friends. Really, I I love them until. The turn. That's what I mean. Yeah, the turn for them was difficult. Yeah, it was. It was a bit odd. The, I think that this show did not. <laughs> I love the characters' relationships as far as friendships. Mm-hmm. I feel like the show did not do a good job with any of the romantic pairings, <laughs> and the yeah. May Zuko romance was almost nonsensical to me. It was very odd. They didn't like each other. No. And then May literally threw everything away for Zuko. Yeah. And in that moment, and I love the other friend throwing everything away for May. I mm-hmm. love that, like, it seems like she'd do anything for Azula, but really, like, the two of them are closer and they know that Azula is less inclined to be there for them, but they'll be there for each other. Yeah. And I think that you see that a lot of, in a lot of trios like that, where there's one who's like the popular girl and then the other two are actually secretly closer because they both live in this shadow together they have that shared experience yes and i i I liked the i can't remember the circus girl's um name but i like that her turn was because may was in trouble Mm -hmm. may's turn because zuko was in trouble was was odd it was it was was a choice yeah because it kind of came out of nowhere they weren't even particularly close up until that moment no they they really seemed and I I thought the whole time they were playing it off as like a court romance like sort of a mandated thing, it felt like they were together because their fathers were both royalty. Yeah, yeah, it definitely kind of did because they really did, like hate 
each other. And the beach episode especially, like, they fought in a way that made me think they didn't... Like, it made me uncomfortable. Truly. Especially when you think that they're, like, 16. And you're like, yeah. just calm down. Yeah. So I'm trying to find her name. And... Ty Lee, I think. Oh, yeah. I think maybe Ty Lee. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. She was great. Um. Yeah, she, she was great. And she was a very, like interesting character mm-hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm not gonna keep trying to i i what i especially liked about her is she was one of the few people that they justified how she could fight against benders because mm-hmm. this world really the the world for me like characters aside so i, I like most of the characters mm-hmm. there's one that I'll, I'll talk about in a minute mm-hmm. who i despise but um because it, it, it ties up into what I want to say here. But mm-hmm. the the world to me, for the most part, is so cool. Yes. And like really works. And when it plays in the world that it sets up, it is such a cool world yeah. to exist. And the one thing about that world that I really like is there is this class system that is built on the fact that if you are a bender you are more valuable to your society than if you're not. Mm-hmm. And it creates a dynamic that I, I would love to see an adult show set in this world. Oh, me too. That really dives into what it would mean to live in a world where so much of your culture relies on this bending mm-hmm. and not all of you have it. Mm-hmm. And what does what what kind of system does that create for people trying to make money in this world because if Mm -hmm. you are a bender you are more valuable you have a skill set you know and if if you're a bender it's and it's a time of war you kind of have to you get drafted like there there Mm -hmm. there are like very interesting concepts that this show can't touch because it's a kid's show yes but when they first go to the first um earth kingdom city Mm -hmm. where they meet um bundy the king yeah uh I hope his name's Bundy. It's something like that. The the one who's supposed to teach uh, Aang how to be an earthbender. Mm-hmm. This city literally only functions if earthbenders are running it. Yeah, like the like their whole like transportation system mm-hmm. is all built on earthbenders, and even like how they yeah how they get stuff like food and supplies around the city into the city how mm-hmm. they get people around the city. It's very interesting. And one thing the show never really gets into is. I, I would like to see them explore people who are jealous of the benders yeah. because they have jobs. Because, you know what I mean? Like, there is yeah. that element of this society that it's tough to get into in a kid show. And I totally get that. Totally. But, you know, as an adult watching, I was like, oh, it'd be really weird to be a non-bender in this world. Yeah, well, that's the thing with this show is there they, there are so many cool and interesting ideas about this world that, like, I would love to see a more adult take on mm-hmm. it. And who knows? Maybe the live-action Netflix version will have that. Yeah. I, they are going to be... I've heard they're going to be aging up the characters. Yeah, which another little tidbit we should like touch on is like how uncomfortable we felt that like these were literal children and like their romantic relationships it was really the only, weird the only one that was really uncomfortable was ang and katara yeah well because he's like 10 and she's what 14 yeah i well he might be 12 yeah i hated that the show ended with him kissing yeah i like i actually and the i i don't think i would have like, their age is fine. I was doing stuff at that age. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. It's weird to but me. But it, it, it comes down to the scene at the opera house 
like three or four episodes earlier when they're watching the play about themselves yeah and they go out on the patio mm-hmm. and he kisses her or no she he says that he's into her, her she says she's not and then he kisses her to try and prove a point yeah. and i was like oh ang no that is the wrong yeah. that is so inappropriate like yeah. it was just like bad mm-hmm. and then at the end of the show he kisses like if i think that if she had kissed him in that moment i would have been more okay with it yeah because it would have been her choice yeah and f- the way that they handled it all i saw was him like pushing in on her again yeah without her permission yeah in a way that i was like that's not cool dude like she already said no once yeah um and and you guys and they're too young and like i think that a lot of people forgive it because like oh no their kids are figuring it out but like that kind of mentality leads to adults getting away with stuff for the same reason yeah so i yeah i think we should call it out because we both literally it's the last it's the last moment of the show and we both turned each other and went oh god like really like that's yeah, I was like, okay, that's what you're going to leave us with. I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Wasn't my favorite moment. No. For sure. No, me neither. Um, but you, you were going to get into the character that you didn't like. Combustion Man. Yeah. The most nonsensical, confusing. So here, here's the thing. We have this world that's set up in a certain way. Yeah. And we have rules about how Where it works. Everything works based on martial arts. Yes. Like you have, you have set up this one thing. Yeah. Other than the Avatar, who is the exception... You have these martial arts that make people able to do powers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's if it. If you have that ability. That's the only special magical thing other than the avatar in the spirit world, which is separate. Mm-hmm. And then you have... A sponsor break. If you want to hear why I hate Combustion Man, come back after the sponsor. We'll be here. It's going to be a fun talk. We will see you in like 60 seconds. We're back. Combustion Man breaks this world for me, and it breaks it at the worst time. Yes. It's right when you're getting into the thick of it. Things are good. Things are working. Things are happening. And then you have someone who comes in and kind of just, like, ruins everything that's been set up so far. Because he doesn't fit. Yeah. He doesn't fit. He is a guy who, if you haven't seen Avatar, can literally just, like, shoot fireballs from his forehead. No, he can shoot laser beams that blow things up. Yeah. Like, he kind of just, like, explodes things from like this like thing on his forehead and if he would work for me if they had set up that there are some people who bend differently if at any point in the show before season three when they introduce him Mm -hmm. if they had set up at any point that there are people like some people are just born different and he is a firebender of a different he just has like this unique firebending Mm -hmm. but he's the only character in the entire show that does something weird like this. Yeah. And, he, and it's never explained. He feels like he is plucked out of a different show. Yes. Like they were literally like, and this week in the crossover with One Piece, it's the pirate dude. Like it, it yeah. felt like I should have been accompanied by something like that. Yeah. And it isn't. And it it, it really, I I really enjoyed the, my favorite episode of the whole show is the assault on Ba Sing Se. Yeah. When they're doing the train, the, the drill into the into wall of Ba Sing Se. For sure. It's my favorite moment in the show because all of the characters are there. Mm-hmm. They all serve the purpose that they've kind of fallen into in the show, mm-hmm. in the combat. And they all have like a strong, 
they, they all help in a strong way. Yes, yes. Everyone feels like they are there for a purpose. And then the then we get into Bossing Se and everything kind of slows down a little bit and everyone has some intrigue. We figure something out. There's a mystery in Bossing Se. The Fire Nation isn't the only aren't the only bad people on the planet. They finally like complicate this world a little bit mm-hmm. to make it a little bit more interesting. And we realize that the Dai Li, the this, you know, cult within the Earth Kingdom is the other bad guys and it's it's the world just becomes more complicated yeah and in a way that's you know not going to go over the heads of like kids Mm -hmm. but in a way that i think is really clever and it's this is the moment this is when i was like oh this i get where we're headed Mm -hmm. and this could be the greatest show ever i totally get why people love it so much end of season two ang loses his ability to go into the avatar state because he's not willing to give up katara his attachment to katara it, it's sort of like weirdly possessive well, well it's weirdly possessive but like, it's it's also just like it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense to me like there's no real reason for it within the story that they're telling yeah and it's it's this idea that there's this like child who is so attached to the idea that he might one day date this girl mm-hmm like, I'm sorry, but when I was, like, 10 or 12 or whatever the heck he is, like, I can't think of a single person. Well, I, like, you know. I had crushes. Okay. If it, well, here's the thing. If it was my best friend in the whole wide world and I had to give up the emotional attachment to them, I wouldn't even know what that means at well, 12. And also, he was raised as a monk. Yeah. So, like, did That's he ever true. have emotional attachment? Like, I, yeah. they, they set up these monks to be monks, but they're but also they're the only air nomads we see. So, like, where do where do baby air nomads come from? Oh, yeah. We were talking about this, that you don't see any, like, women in the air tribe. And everyone is either super old or super young. Yeah. There's no, like, middle ground. And it's just, like, weirdly never talked about. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I guess the stork is, like, a real thing. There. But so we get to the end of season two, and Aang loses... Aang almost dies mm-hmm. because Azula can shoot lightning. Yes. Which is firebending. Yes. She is uh, in like very powerful and powerful firebenders can also use lightning. Dope. Cool. I'm, I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. I'm super into it. The, the shooting lightning, very cool. Mm-hmm. The redirecting lightning that they introduce after that, very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. The problem becomes, so now Aang doesn't have the Avatar State, which I'm fine with. I think the Avatar State should never have come back. I think the Avatar State is a, is, is, is just a crutch to lean on and doesn't, Mm -hmm. I hate that the Avatar State is the reason he won the final fight. Like I, I, I just, cause it, cause, and then Aang didn't learn, like Aang didn't do anything. Yeah. The entire final fight comes down to the fact that Aang falls onto a rock that happens to hit him in the exact point that Azula's lightning passed through his body, and so he can go back to the Avatar state. I was like, yeah. no, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted Aang to have learned the lessons that put him in a position where he was capable. Yes. Not where he gets his butt whooped until he, he his back hits the rock the right way. Yeah. It was a little convenient. Um, and not character-driven, which... For sure. But... At the end of season two, we're at this point where I'm like, okay, Aang's hurt. He doesn't have the Avatar State anymore. Great. Mm-hmm. So now he can't rely on that. I was like, this is great. We're building up to this final fight where like Aang has to learn how to do it himself. Mm-hmm. He has to become friends with Zuko. I, the, All these things are set up. And then the top of season three starts. And it is season one all over again. They're on the road. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't seem particularly focused on what's next. Mm-hmm. And then There's... Combustion Man steps in. And I was like, what is... Yeah. Season two ended with, like, a very clear direction for what the rest of the show had to be. Yeah. It felt like we were, like, pinpointed 
on what the next step was. Mm -hmm. And then the first half of season three is mostly meandering. Yeah. And then there's this villain in it who doesn't make like it, it really yeah. we were so invested in it but at the end of season two and mm-hmm. season three kind of lost us a little bit which was unfortunate until zuko finally makes the decision that he should have made at the end of season two yes yes um and here's the thing like i said this to you before actually i think it's kind of crappy <laughs> for zuko because in the end his decision to do the right thing means a lot less to me than it would have if he had made it at the end of season two. Because here's the thing. He gets everything that he ever wanted Mm -hmm. and then decides it's not actually what he wanted and not good enough. Mm -hmm. Whereas if he hadn't have known that for sure, Mm -hmm. then his decision to steer away from it would have been infinitely more powerful. But the fact that he gets what he wants and then... You know, and it comes with a price and it's not what he thought it would be and it kind of sends him spiraling. I'm like, I get it. And like, that's very human. Mm-hmm. But I just, the you know, everyone had been like, this is the best character redemption arc ever on TV. And I just think it would have been way more impactful if he had made that decision without, without getting to the point where he had what he wanted and then like giving it up because he got there and he was like this isn't actually what i want and it's like okay but yeah now you've had the chance to actually like experience that for yourself as opposed to just choosing to do the right thing without knowing well and it it just they telegraph too much because I kind of knew that Zuko was good at the end going into this yeah i I just like culturally knew that um, and I was like, oh, okay. Like the moment in the cave with Katara at the end of season two, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, finally. Yes. We're going to get a season of Aang and Zuko yeah. becoming friends mm-hmm. in a way that they're they're going to fight. Like it's going to be tough. And we didn't get that. Instead, we got Zuko makes the wrong choice. And then we and got a, moody teenager a half a season Nation. of filler yeah. where he goes to the beach with his girlfriend. Yeah. And like, but like literally that's what it was. I was yeah. like, there's a war going on. You guys are the commanders of the army. Like, wh- yeah. Like, why are you also at home? Also weird because I don't know how old they are either. But yeah. Azula, yeah. I like Azula is maybe 18. Maybe. Because like Zuko. And she's Zuko just riding lizards around has, the planet. I feel like Zuko has to be at least 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I, the, the show finally got, got right on the right path again when he left mm-hmm. and then like is with them for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But because they spend the first half of season three kind of just waiting for the middle of season three to happen. Yeah. And that, and honestly, that's just kind of what it feels like to me. It's like, we have to wait until we undo the decision we made at season, end of season two. Yes. Because nothing can happen. Like Aang can't become a better bender until then Mm -hmm. Sokka and Katara are just riding around with Aang until like nothing can happen except that they get chased by combustion man yeah and but but the show kind of sets itself up for that where there is Mm -hmm. just this half season when it feels like the momentum should all be on the side of moving forward where they get stuck in this holding pattern while they wait to undo the decision at the end of season two and what I what I was most disappointed in in that is that when um 
when Zuko makes the decision midway through season three to make the decision that he should have made at the end of season <laughs> two, he doesn't have any more information. No. Then he did. The only piece of information that he has that he didn't have before was that his mother might still be alive. Yes. Which is, which doesn't end up being important to the show anyway. Yeah, it just is never really <laughs> talked never... about again. So I they was like, forget about it. This isn't. This isn't even like a useful. Mm-hmm. This isn't even like the the information he has doesn't change his mind. It's not useful. It's not about anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't leave to go find his mom. Like, so it's just a half season of him hanging out with the fire people mm-hmm. while Aang and them are running from Combustion Man, and yeah, Aang enrolls in school at the like like. I guess was... maybe it's maybe maybe that portion is just an excuse for Eero to get buff. Well, I mean, Irog becomes daddy Irog. Yeah. But how much more how much more satisfying would it have been if Zuko had broken him out of that prison? If yeah. Zuko hadn't been there the whole time, Irog had gotten captured at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. And Zuko, like, like, come on. I know. I No, I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, that when, when we talked about it, I think, like, that was my one big qualm with the show. It was like, I just, that whole section of it, I think just could have been done better mm-hmm. and, and you know it's fine it's it's it, it's still a good show you know what yeah. i mean i just it the 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 downside of it was that because if those fillers were if those episodes were just filler that's fine whatever yeah the the real downside of it for me is that we never i feel like the relationship between zuko and the team got rushed it yeah didn't really get fully fleshed out which i really wanted it to be mm-hmm. Except with Sokka, because I do like going to the prison with Sokka to rescue his dad. Like that was dope. Yeah. That 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 was maybe my favorite sequence of season three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Avatar. You know, Aang wasn't even there. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. It, that was that was a good one. I really loved that whole prison sequence. You brought back um, uh, the Kyoshi warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, Suki. Suki. That's it. Um, and. You know, I just, I, it was a, it was an interesting, it was an actually interesting section of season three where I was like, yeah. oh, I get why Sokka and Zuko are becoming friends here. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, the mission where Katara and Zuko went to go murder that dude didn't Very have weird. the same yeah. emotional relevance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did not land in the same way. And which... it's tough. I, I, I love season two of the show. Yeah. Like it was one of the cool, that was where the bending powers were used the best. Mm-hmm. Toph was so cool. Yeah. She's so fun. I love Toph. Um, yeah. I... Iro running his tea shop was the most delightful. It was so sweet. Toph is like the kind of like sassy that like I wish that I was. Like I want to like think <laughs> of myself as. Yeah. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Sometimes I get it. I get a good one in now and then. But she's just like the queen of sass. And I'm here for all of it. I said my favorite episode was the siege on Bossing Say. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite episode in the show? Um, that is definitely one of my favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Appa's solo episode. Great. It like great honestly episode. almost mm-hmm. made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I love, I love when, because you don't get it a lot in things that aren't animation, mm-hmm. but animation that tells stories from non-speaking characters' points of views um, successfully like that. Very, yeah, very It's always cool. And I yeah. really, I love that episode. Yeah, I think that one is definitely, that one is probably my favorite, but I did also like the idea of the bloodbending episode. 
Oh god, it's so horrifying. Yeah. I've heard bloodbending is a big part of Korra, which we're going to watch for this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh god, bloodbending freaks me out. It's weird. It's weird, but like the way that they handled it, I thought was good. It was interesting. Um it's a really neat idea, you know. Yeah. Um, Much more adult than the rest of the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um which is why, you know, like I would really like to see that that Netflix show age things up a little bit because mm-hmm. like we, we've said so many times, there is so much in this world that I would love to just kind of pick at and like mm-hmm. unpack. Um, yeah, I would love, I, I, I would love, even if the characters are going to be the same age, I would love for the show to have an intended audience that is that hues closer to maybe like teen like stranger things yeah yeah i think mm-hmm. stranger things has the right amount of adultness yeah. mm-hmm. there's sexuality to the adults mm-hmm. they are not non-sexual humans mm-hmm. you know what i mean like there is a but but it but it you know like a 13 a 10 to 13 year old can watch stranger things totally. it might be a bit scary but like they'll be fine yeah um I, I hope that the show kind of hues more towards that me too just so that we can get some of these stories because because the show the show is really really strong when it's not being silly mm-hmm. but as soon as it started to be silly especially in season later season two and season three mm-hmm. when it started to be silly it it it, it was at the detriment to its characters mm-hmm. this the episode where ang goes to school in the fire nation made ang so seem uh, ang Juvenile. felt empathetic and it made him seem like he wasn't an empathetic person. Like, it right. made him seem like he didn't care about the people involved in the war. Mm-hmm. And I just don't buy that. Like, yeah. I was sitting there going, this kid wouldn't give a crap about going to school. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. He's at, like, he's literally at war. Yeah. And the idea that he's like, oh, I just want to teach these Fire Nation kids to dance. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, why are we spending days of our journey on this? Mm-hmm. When, like, literally, like, time is running out. Yeah. It, it just, it, it especially once Bossing Se was captured, mm-hmm. any time the show felt silly, it felt, the, the characters felt weaker to me. Yeah. And I, and that's the difficulty of making a kid show in such an adult setting mm-hmm. you know it's it's why the harry potter series had to get darker as they got closer to the end mm-hmm. if the if, if deathly hollows had the same tone as philosopher's stone <laughs> you'd be like why are what uh, is, what is happening weird. there's a war going on yeah 100 percent. and you know i think that if i was a kid watching avatar i would have loved this so much more than i did watching it for the first time as an adult yeah yeah hundred percent. A lot of it comes down to that, where I'm like, "This is a war," and like these, this, it, this. I mean, I don't know if we're. I, we haven't really decided what like the if we're swearing on the show yet, but Ang sometimes come across as a real asshole mm-hmm. because he's like, "I just want to have fun," and I'm like, "Didn't seventeen thousand people just die? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Why are we at the beach? Yeah, people are dying. Like, yeah." Yeah, it's hard. It's tough because you are dealing with such heavy adult concepts mm-hmm. in a kid's show. And, you know, it, it, I got to give them credit f- for things that they did really well because that's tough. You know, if yeah. you want to make this story for kids, and I totally get that. I just, in a lot of ways, I don't think it is a kid's story. Yeah. And, you and know? The, the the dynamic of it trying to be is where I think a lot of it is lost on me. And I think it's mm-hmm. why Eero is my favorite mm-hmm. is because he, he is, 
he feels like he's carrying the weight of war on him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so he feels real. Like yes. in this world, Iro and the Fire Lord and Azula always feel real because they are playing the stakes of the world mm-hmm. that they're aware of. Yes. And there are times when in order to have fun, they had to kind of give their main characters rose tinted glasses mm-hmm. so that they could like forget their worries for a bit for mm-hmm. the episode to happen. Yeah. And that made the characters sometimes feel not very real to me, but made them feel like constructs to tell moral lessons. Yeah. Which happens a lot in kids' shows. Yeah, like there was that one episode where, is it Jed? Yeah, Jet. Jet, that's it. Um, Jet is like hell-bent on just like murdering this town. Yeah, he's a he's a terrorist <laughs> yeah literally he like li- like i'm not laughing because being a terrorist is funny i'm laughing because the show's the sh- handling of him being a terrorist yeah was, the like, show comical. yeah the show makes it like funny like weirdly yeah. and like doesn't know how to deal with that concept in a kid's show mm-hmm. um like that episode just felt kind of weird to, to me you know what i will say his redemption felt stronger to me than zuko's yeah 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 it what did. he goes to embossing say and the decisions that he makes and what and like he turns around and mm-hmm. he like he is genuinely self-sacrificing at the end of his time on the show. Yeah. In a way that he wouldn't have been at the beginning. And like I would have liked to have seen Zuko be a little bit more self-sacrificing. Yeah. Uh, here, here's my problem with when Zuko makes the decision. He makes the decision to leave the Fire Nation mm-hmm. at the point when he knows that the Fire Lord is about to find out that he's lying. Yes. And there's a part of me that's like, he only makes that decision at the last moment that yeah, he can. Yeah, the last possible moment. He that's why it doesn't He feel... doesn't lose anything by making that decision. Because if he had stayed, he would have been executed. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he makes the decision when he has nothing t- to lose. Yeah. And that is less interesting to me than a character giving something up. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's why I wish that he had made that choice sooner. Like, yeah, that's would, why I felt it, it didn't work. It would have made it because then he would have lost something he's yeah i feel like i need to make that into like you know that meme where it's like give me the real um oh it's like the alien meme with Mm -hmm. the david character Mm -hmm. show me the real something yeah yeah, no i said the real like redemption arc yeah yeah. and instead it's jet as opposed to like zuko (laughs) we would we would like get death threats i'm pretty sure I've I've seen the Avatar fandom in action. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm babe. I'm concerned about what we've said about the show on this podcast, guys. If 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 we go missing, please, you know, just tell our parents that it was worth it. If we go missing, please, co- police question anyone who has an Avatar cosplay. It was probably them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Here, but here's the thing. Here's the like our general overall consensus is that we liked the show. Oh, yeah, I, it, I, I did. Yeah. It just struggled under the weight of what it was and what it wanted to be. Like, it just... Yeah. I think that other than the first half of season three mm-hmm. and, um, like, some of season, season one, one, yeah, the overall show I really liked. Great. There's yeah. only filler episodes throughout the show that I didn't, and yes. there just happened to be a lot of them at the beginning of season three. Yep, for sure. Um, But once the once the pace picked back up in season three, I, I, I highly recommend the show. Like, I think mm-hmm. people should watch it. Uh, absolutely. I just, I think that, like, temper the expectations that are set by some people who yeah. declared this to be the greatest thing ever made. Yeah, because be- it's, it's not. It is what it is, and it does have some struggles and some problems, but definitely I think they did admirably 
with what they wanted to do. But also, if you if you got to the end of this spoiler talk and you still haven't seen it, we kind of ruined all of it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. Are there any spoilers we didn't talk about? Yeah, no. But, I mean, some people don't mind spoilers, so... Yeah, I also, I, I struggle with anything that is about a war where none of the main characters die, except the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it doesn't happen like mm-hmm. that. But it is a kid's show. And yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it. If you made it to this and you haven't seen it, um, go for it. Yeah. And, you know, if you're listening to this, there's no really comments on a podcast feed. But if you would like to tweet at us how we're wrong and how this is the best and how we've brought dishonor to our names um <laughs> please tweet at us at nerdy nightly at clara stracaris send mm-hmm. the really mean ones to clara stracaris she can handle it it's true um she's she's I a woman cry. on the internet she knows what it's like to get <laughs> mean comments <laughs> I, yeah i have to have thick skin <laughs> it is a requirement otherwise i would have fallen into a pit of despair much earlier <laughs> yeah um and if you're one of the the weird dudes sending um very strange message requests to our <laughs> messages uh what's I up see how are you I, I see you i'm confused but i i do see you <laughs> we have to we have to save all of them and turn them into something eventually well here's the problem with like instagram is they will get deleted after a while so if you want me to save them i start i need to start taking screenshots yeah screen cap the funny ones and all then right. eventually we'll like turn them into like a music video or something great We'll get someone to like write a song using all the weird message requests you've gotten over the years. Great. We won't we won't reveal anyone's name. We're not gonna like oh God, we're no. not gonna dox anyone. No. Um but like, you know. Yeah. Some of the ones you read to me, I'm like, what is happening? I know. I'm like, does this work ever? Mm-hmm. ever? Honestly, I think it would just be a funny video, like the pregnant video. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get pregnant? Have you seen that? No. Oh, we're gonna watch it immediately after this. We hit stop on this recording. All right. Well, we got a video to go watch. So I guess. it is a woman reading off questions that people ask Cora.com about pregnancy. Oh, boy. And it is. <laughs> it oh, is, I can't wait. This is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best things on the internet. But you know what else is on the internet? Avatar The Last Airbender. You can find the show on Netflix. All three seasons are there. Uh, the Legend of Korra is not on Netflix. We were going to watch it, and yet yeah. we don't actually have a way to right now, so we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, that is coming soon. Because, look, I feel like we were a little bit negative because uh, this this podcast was a little bit negative, I think. Um, because I think that we were both... I think that the it's tough because the end of the show was a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. We never talked about the final fight. Let's let's quickly talk about the end. Let's very quickly, before before we wrap up, the end of the show. Okay. How did you feel about the last the last two episodes? Like the the chunk where they go in to fight the Fire King? Um I if I'm being completely honest, um I I, I don't have any strong feelings really towards the fight with Aang and the Fire Lord. It was what it was. The one that more made an impact on me, I think, was um, Zuko and Azula. A hundred percent. Like, that, that was, was the, the real finale. That was the... That was... Yeah, because it was personal. Yeah. They knew each other. It it really bugged me that Fire Lord Ozai comes in at the end and, like, we don't know him and Aang doesn't know him. Yeah. And then when they fight, it just is meaningless. Yeah. It's just big boonies. Yeah, it was this big action sequence and, you know, it was well done. And it came down to the Avatar state, which, like I said earlier... It was fine. He's not Aang doing anything. Yeah. But no, I think that the final fight between Azula um, and Zuko with Sokka. Sokka's mm-hmm. there, right? No, Katara is there. 
Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that was the real highlight of the show. And it was great. That it was very th- good. That fight was great. Yeah. I, I think my problem with um, Aang's Avatar state, it would be like if in Return of the Jedi, Luke was taken over by Yoda for the final fight with Darth Vader instead of fighting his father himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. it would be like if Yoda was like, I've got this. And, and you're yeah. like, well, no, but like, I mean, now obviously we know that Anakin and Yoda knew each other and whatever. But like at the time you would be like, well, well th- okay. Yeah. This is convenient. Yeah, it's just less <laughs> interesting, for um, sure. I, I, I really like the final fight. I love that the White Lotus Society paid off in such a big way. Yeah, that um, what they set back. up in, like, season one. That was smart. That was really cool. Um, And I love I love where a lot of the characters end up as far as, um you know, I, I, I do love that Zuko becomes the Fire Lord and has the relationship with Aang that, mm-hmm. you know, his forefather, you know, the, 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 the flashback sequence that they tell. Um, with the dragons and whatnot about mm-hmm. the past of the Fire Lord and uh, the Fire Lord avatar. Senzin, his grandfather and the previous avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, that I actually really like that. I think was it Avatar, yeah, Roku? avatar Roku and yeah. Fire Lord Senzin. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was actually emotionally a really strong way to end the show for me. Was on. Yes. I, I wish it had been revealed earlier. I wish we'd found out about that relationship earlier so that we could have been more invested in it. Yeah. Um. Or or that there had been more. I wish they'd like hinted that out instead of making it all one dump. Mm-hmm. Because I I loved that relationship between those two men. Yeah. But I do. I did like that. I love that Iro got his tea shop. Yep. Um. Me too. And I didn't like that Angan Katar kissed. <laughs> Yeah, that pretty much sums up our thoughts. I think <laughs> that yeah, that that that's exactly it. <laughs> I it's interesting. I think I was more interested in all the Fire Nation stuff than I was in anything else about the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because you know it was just such an intriguing world, and mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with that. Yeah. yeah. How how did like do Air Nomads boink? Questionable. I don't know. Because they're monks. Yeah. But like, do they? Are there lady monks? I don't. I I don't. I I don't know. I did not see a single lady air tribe member. The the air tribe is also the only one that we didn't see anyone who were non benders. Yeah. So like, there maybe there were like villages just below those temples where Mm -hmm. like the non benders were, and that's where the like. I just and maybe it's answered in Korra. Maybe maybe when maybe they made Korra, Korra, maybe when they made Korra, they were like, you know what people need to know. You know the questions they're asking. I need to know. Do air nomads? But are there? There's no air nomads left, so like we won't even find out. Oh crap! Unless like Aang has a lot of kids and they spadoinkle each other. Uh, okay, no, we're not. Unless this is that. a Cain and Abel situation where they like where. Jesus Christ! And on that note, <laughs> you you can find us all over the internet. <laughs> This has been Catching Up Polaris. The first episode, and it ended talking about sex. Yeah, not just sex, but incest. And you know, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I want to move away from that conversation. So thank you. This thank won't you for... be the last time we talk about incest on the show, though. Probably not. Because I'm assuming we'll talk about something related to Game of Thrones at some point. Oh, for sure. It'll come up. Definitely. That's, that's that'll happen. Um, thank I you feel for... like I never talked about incest until Game of Thrones premiered on TV. <laughs> But your family is Southern. (laughs) And on that note... Oh my God, I hope my mom never listens to this. I love you. I'm sorry. I had... I feel bad for that one, but I think it was worth it. No, that was great. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud. 
Y'all, we do a morning show Monday through Friday over at twitch.tv slash nerdy nightly called the nightly morning show. It is nerd news, mm-hmm. uh, entertainment business shenanigans. If you come join that. It's very fun. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash nerdy nightly. Mm-hmm. We're on the hunt for a thousand. I keep saying the hunt for a thousand subscribers, but we're not going to hunt you. We're looking for you. We're, we're, we're not hunting we're, you down. We're looking for you. We're, we're, we're on the, we're, we're we're on the rise. Get we're going to get you. We are going to get you eventually. <laughs> it all ends with nerdy nightly because night is the end of the day wow poignant well done and as we always say do something nerdy tonight (laughs) bye-bye